We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. This is our Wednesday show this week, show number two of three shows. Uh, yesterday, we discussed uh, some of the, the happenings from Week 10. Uh, tonight, we're going to go over the, the new rankings, the fresh rankings from the College Football Playoff Committee. And then tomorrow, we will give some picks, we will do some trivia, and we will look ahead to week 11. Uh, Bill, we just got uh, off watching the latest college football playoff rankings. We have a new number one. No surprise. Georgia takes the top spot. The top four teams are the four undefeated teams. Not very creative there, but anyway, it's Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. Just as you predicted yesterday, Tennessee drops from one to five and Oregon comes in at six. I believe you predicted that as well. Uh, LSU, uh, the final notable team two loss LSU bumps up to number seven after beating Alabama. Since you predicted it, I guess I'll still ask you, what's your reaction? Is it just a ho-hum reaction? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, well, one thing I, I noticed, and I it's just like a weird attention to detail type thing. Normally when they do this, they go, when they do the unveiling at the end, it's six teams. So they went with seven. And maybe it's partially drama. Maybe it's partially how they're tearing these teams off to me. So you're tearing your top four. And then now let's let's talk about the first three out instead of the first two out. So that that to me, Bill, think says that Maybe they think Tennessee, Oregon, and even LSU, even though LSU lost to Tennessee, are kind of the seven they're thinking about the most, if that makes sense. And that, I agree with that. I think the cutoff is at seven Okay. in terms of realistic teams to make the playoff. Uh, USC came in at eight. Maybe, maybe not. It's almost like well, the Oregon slot is kind of the Pac-12 champion slot, maybe. Um, and then you gotta you gotta include LSU in the discussion after beating Alabama, and uh, so yeah, I, I I saw that, I noticed that too, and it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, me too. And um, the only other thing is, you know, how they're stacked up. Alabama at nine's a little much for me. I mean, it is, but it's still Alabama. I don't think they they open the show with the Alabama and Clemson aren't going to make the playoffs. So to your point, those top seven. USC I think UCLA should be ranked right there with USC that was one thing we wrote about there's this gap between the Trojans and Bruins I gotta give you credit for this you've liked UCLA all along and I think there isn't a gap between those two I think they're almost identical and when they play here in a few weeks the quarterbacks are going to be outstanding and and if you just look at their resumes to date UCLA has the better win right Mm -hmm. I mean they've got They've got the same record. They've got very similar numbers offensively, similar teams, and UCLA has a better win. So that's that's kind of my argument at this point. But um, in the end, it won't really matter. It'll shake itself out. They're going to play in a couple weeks in Los Angeles, and that's going to be fun. My take on my first reaction to the poll, I just kind of looked at the whole poll, okay? And this is surprising to me because we're into November, right? This is only one data point comparing week 10, or uh, I guess it was week nine to week 10. This is only the second uh, college football playoff poll. So we've only added one data point. Nine teams moved at least five spots, which is a lot for one game. Clemson and Kansas State dropped six spots after one loss. Illinois dropped five spots. Notre Dame, Texas, and NC State moved up six spots. Oklahoma State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse dropped out altogether at a minimum of five-spot drop. So that's nine teams. And, and, and I know these teams aren't involved in the actual playoff, but what I'm taking from it is the volatility in the ranking and the committee's not afraid to significantly move teams after one result. No, so that kind of tells me that, yeah. that tells me Oregon is not necessarily blocked by Tennessee. You know, I can see the Pac-12 winner jumping Tennessee with big wins down the stretch based on the fact that 
this committee isn't afraid to take one result and really move it around. Yep. And, and, you know, there are five, three loss teams in the rankings. This is that part where how they stack up those teams kind of plays into the notion of, okay, this has, this is the best conference. That's very important for the PAC 12 to have the teams where they're at. Right. So, um, but other than that, I mean, nothing super surprising. I, I, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast about how Notre Dame is just an X factor team for other teams. They're important mm. for North Carolina and Clemson, sort of, because they beat them. They're important for USC. They're important for Ohio State, all these teams that they bumped into that are in the rankings. Um, USC in particular, that's a circle game for the Trojans if they beat UCLA. And they they could make that little push here it, it, because of who they have with Caleb Williams and, and uh, make this little push toward the end of the rankings. You wrote on sportingnews.com about – Tennessee's back door is still wide open. You gave them a six-step process to get into the playoff. Let's go through that. Tell me your six-step six-step process for Tennessee to get back in, so the Vol fans aren't panicking yet. Well, when we get done, let's let's look at it and then say scale one to ten, how feasible is it? So let's start with the easiest part. You know, they play Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. They've got to blow them all out. They've, they've got to just lay the hammer. And I think one of the things, it's not a metric that the College Football Playoff Committee uses, but if they have the top offense in the country at the end of the year, people are going to see that in the playoffs. It sells tickets. So they go out, blow these three teams out. That's probably the easiest step because they should win all these, these games. Although I am interested, like Kirk Herbstreit said, to see how they respond against Missouri this weekend, a team that gave Georgia a run and has a pretty good defense. So that's step one pretty easy step two georgia just blows through everybody else and wins the sec that cancels out old miss LSU, lsu alabama anybody else in the sec you're gone so pretty high chance that happens um now we get into like more of the subject well let's do i probably ordered this wrong tcu loses eliminate the big 12 that would help them big time yeah tcu's i i think that the committee would take a one-loss Tennessee over a one-loss TCU Big 12 champ. Whether you think that's right or wrong, I think that's what they would do. I mean, just especially if Texas beats TCU this weekend. So if you're a Tennessee Orange, just switch the shade a little bit when Texas plays. Put on your (laughs) Texas shirt and start rooting for the Horns. Um, Horns up for the Vol fans. Horns up. Notre Dame. You need Notre Dame's help as well. I know how, and they beat USC. Step four, not out of the question at all. Um, so now the two subjective points, and and I'd start with the Oregon thing, and I've been thinking about this a lot. And what you just said a couple minutes ago makes so much sense: is that just because Tennessee is ahead of Oregon now doesn't mean it. It becomes like a value of weight question. So what is the weight of Tennessee's? losing to Georgia versus Oregon losing to Georgia. We all saw it, right? 49 to three. But in in my opinion, Bill, I'll get your thoughts on this before I keep talking, is Tennessee got the, you know what, beat out of them by Georgia too. It just wasn't on the scoreboard. They they were hit all day. They It's almost more impressive in some ways what Georgia did to Tennessee than what they did to Oregon in week one. Agree. I mean, they, they controlled the game. They did what they wanted to do. They just 
milked the clock in that whole second half. They knew they were ahead. They knew they were going to win. They had to score. They would have. They quit throwing the ball. Uh, they were as in control of, of that game as they were against Oregon. The scoreboard's not different, but you've got to trust that the committee understood when they watched that game that those two results were more similar than they were based on the scores. And and the other part of this, and, and whether it's recency biased or whatever phrase you want to use, Oregon's remaining schedule is ranked Washington, ranked Utah. That's a big game. And then a rivalry game with Oregon State before a Pac-12 championship game. Oregon has a chance to knock off three teams that are ranked in the next four weeks. Oregon has been the hottest team in the country in a lot of ways since that Georgia loss. Bo Nix, you mentioned it in yesterday's podcast, has been phenomenal. So the more I think about it, Tennessee's better that they can either win that debate or hope the Ducks lose. I would probably go for the latter, just to be sure. And then just Oregon sure. win. Yeah, like if Oregon wins the Pac-12 as a two-loss team, they won't get in over uh, Tennessee. So, which brings up the last point, which is the one that hits here in Central Ohio. It, it's going to hit our editor Benson Taylor, who went to Michigan for two years, by the way. Um, and I have already been slacking back and forth about it that the Michigan Ohio State thing. They need that game to be one-sided. They need Ohio. They probably need Ohio State to win it because it's easier for Tennessee to win that argument with Michigan and their bad non-con. If Michigan beats Ohio State, it's going to get testy. It's going to get testy between the Buckeyes and the Vols if they're the two teams fighting for that at-large bid. Yeah, I think Michigan's resume without a win over Ohio State does not stack up to Tennessee's resume with wins over Alabama and LSU. I mean, that's... It's right. not even close, really. I don't even know what it, what's Michigan's counter to those two games, Penn State and Illinois. I mean, that, I they mean, don't they, stack they, up. Yeah, they don't. Uh, but then the other part of me is like, okay, so why? Let's say the other part of this is let's say Michigan and Ohio State play a game that's akin to 2006, which was 42 to 39. Which right. fun fact? Fun fact about that game is the pick four lottery numbers in Ohio that night were four two three nine. How about that? It's How crazy. about that? It was wild. <laughs> that, that really happened. And then, or is it like 2016, the double overtime game in the shoe, where even at that time, people were talking about Michigan and Ohio. In 06, they were talking about Michigan and Ohio State. They should have played in the national championship game, which I still contend they should have. But Florida got in, and the rest is history with Urban. 16, I thought both teams were playoff teams. But without those resume building victories and what could end up doing Michigan in obviously is that non-conference schedule. What could do Ohio state in is they haven't looked great the last two weeks and they, the, the committee would maybe penalize them more for losing at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, for Michigan's sake, they need to blow out Illinois. I mean, they did blow out Penn state, um, but it, those two just don't stack up. I mean, Tennessee, everybody saw it. The Alabama win was a great win. Uh, the LSU win was dominant, right? Kentucky's actually back in the top 25. They beat them 44 to six. Um, so even their, you know, probably quote unquote third best win, you know, I don't know what Michigan's going to point to in that one either. So yeah, how Michigan plays against Ohio state would matter, but uh, I would lean at this point, as we sit here today, that, you know, tennis, uh, Tennessee would win that debate with Michigan 
Now, if Tennessee struggles with Missouri and, and has a clunker against South Carolina or something like that, you know, we still got a lot of football to play. But as we sit here today, looking at those two resumes, it looks like Tennessee would have the edge there. Um, so, so their back door is wide open is what we're saying. And I yeah, think the exactly. feasibility of all of those things happening is not isn't bad at all. I mean, I guess the one thing that just sticks with me is watching them play Georgia. Uh, that game, it was over. It was like uh, they, the Georgia was ready for this one, and no Georgia was just the better team. Do we need to see that one again? People do ask themselves that internally, whether they admit it or not. So it's kind of weird when we were talking through this. I really want to see Ohio State play Georgia. I, I've wanted to see this matchup for two years, and I think we're going to get it. I also kind of want to see Tennessee play Michigan, just to see the contrast in styles where you mm-hmm. have one team that can throw it all over the place and the other team that's just literally going to pound you and maybe not, not the same roster that Georgia has. So I think that would be an intensely fun game if Tennessee and Michigan somehow crossed each other, rather it be in the playoff or a different bowl game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But if... (laughs) Michigan's going to get that in Ohio State, right? That's going to be a contrast in styles for sure. Same type of thing. Any margin for error for TCU? Let's switch this, our our, uh, uh, next topic. Any margin for error? They're playing Texas this week on the road. They're actually underdogs, even though they are ranked fourth. Texas is ranked 18th. Texas is a seven-point favorite. Um, Can they get in as a 12-1 and Big 12 champ? don't think they can unfortunately and some of it is the uniform they wear which isn't fair it's none of this is fair about tcu it's you know the the stretch that they had in october was incredible they're beating teams by double digits they i think there's another coin catchphrase we could coin is big 12 style bias the way that that conference plays football is that there's some level of bias to that because when you we i joke about it and call Games like that, flag football, when it gets to 44 to 41, um, it's it's somewhat ironic that I, I, I think TCU could win this week and then go to Baylor and have trouble. And that was the source of the 2014 argument was the Baylor-TCU right. game. So there'll be a tremendous level of irony if they go to Waco and lose that one. Um, because I think this is a tremendous team with a tremendous quarterback, fun running game, looking at their stats today. I mean, they just have everything going for them. And yet – seven-point dog against Texas. So very wild. But I, to answer your question, that's such a long-winded way of doing it. But 
I don't think they have a margin for error. I don't, I, especially if we're already trying to cross the ACC off, it would be easy for them to cross off the Big 12 champion next. So I think TCU's kind of this team that stands in the way of the Tennessee backdoor and the Michigan Ohio State backdoor and the Pac 12 champion. So unquestionably, I think most of the country that, that thinks they're contending for a playoff berth as strange as it sounds, is rooting for Texas this weekend. Right, right. Because, I mean, that that one loss um, pool of teams that they fall into, it's it's going to be a big pool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a deep pool. And if you're TCU, you want to stay among the uh, – you want to stay among the, the unbeatens, right? Because right. if they're unbeaten, they're going to get in, right? And I think Georgia's going to be unbeaten and the Big Ten champion's going to be unbeaten. There's three. Now it's about eight teams going for one spot. Or it could be around nine teams going for two spots. If you're TCU, you don't want to be in that pool. So good news, you control your own destiny. Bad news, you probably don't have any margin for error if you want to get in the playoff. And then match up with Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in Atlanta for a first-round matchup, which might not be too fun. After all is said and done, all of a sudden you get in, you're celebrating, and then you look across the field and you see another NFL, uh, uh, future NFL roster right in front of you for a, for a college football semifinal. Right. I wrote, again, the final thing before we get out of here, a piece on what the what a 12-team playoff would look like, right? Yeah, pulling it up right now. And we got some fun first-round matchups. So I'll go over them, right? I'll read them to you. Number 12, Tulane at number five, Michigan. I said, <laughs> and this one, it's usually it's the the, the Big Ten teams have to go down to New Orleans for a big postseason game. Okay. The reverse would be true here. New Orleans team would have to go up to the big house, Michigan, huge favorite, no question about it. But it would be kind of fun to see Tulane go up there. Uh, winner would get Oregon. Uh, Ole Miss. Would play at Tennessee, Bill. Hide the Lincoln. mustard bottles. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. There's a mustard joke in there. I was, I was hide you, the mustard bottles. Hide the women, children. Oh my Lane, gosh! For, for Lane Kiffin right comes thing. back. It would be an <laughs> SEC matchup, but not an SEC rematch. That would be fun, right? I mean, holy mackerel! We saw everything that happened last year. That was wild. Add a winner, go home element to it. Be off the charts, no question. And now another. Uh, first round matchup, number ten Clemson at number seven LSU. Winner claims Death Valley U. Right, that would be unreal. They seen the BK go against uh, Dabo. They had a couple nice, you know. Again, it'd be college football well, playoff. B- well, yeah, well, BK beat Alabama last week after right. that wore him out, and Clemson's wore him out a couple times too. That'd be a lot of fun that game for sure. Tigers versus Tigers. Be good stuff. And then the other first round match would be number nine, Alabama at number eight, USC. How's that all for time a couple uniform of, game? All time programs, man. Yeah, that'd be a great game. Then you got Nick Saban going up against Lincoln Riley. They met in the college football semifinals a couple years ago in the Orange Bowl. Uh, this one would be out in California. And uh, yeah, that would be so much fun. So again, we can't wait for the 12, or I can't wait for the 12-team playoff. Um, it gets gives an opportunity for a kid like Bryce Young 
who loses on the last play of the game twice and still gets to compete for the national championship. And we get to watch him compete for the national championship. I think that would be fun. And uh, each week, these these matchups are just kind of fun to look at and uh, and see what would happen. You know, Alabama USC winner goes on to play Georgia. I mean, who's not signing up for that, right? It'd so be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun, but we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us as we uh, reviewed the college football playoff rankings. And uh, join us again tomorrow, where we will uh, make some against the spread picks. We'll go over the viewing windows for this weekend, the biggest games of Week Eleven. And we will have a little Trochi trivia. I don't know if you're going to be ready for this one, Bill. I dug deep, dug deep for the Trochi trivia. <laughs> I'll be waiting. All right. Well, thanks. Ready. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And we will see you tomorrow.